evening, everyone, and welcome to the inaugural Hoop Collective Live Show here in Las Vegas. Tonight's show features a podcast where we'll most certainly talk about the NBA. And now, let's meet tonight's hosts. First, an NBA reporter who travels up and down the East Coast more than anyone should from St. Bonaventure, Tim Pontemps. Next, you might be surprised to learn he is not yet banned from Las Vegas. But remember, the night is young. From some boarding school in Maine, where his high school team dominated George Niang's Ben McMahon. And finally, the nocturnal man who recently entered continuing education to understand time zones. And very clearly, the most notable graduate of St. Vincent St. Mary's High School prior to attending Kent State. The one, the only, Brian Windhorst. Welcome to the Hoop Collective Podcast. We talk about the NBA, and we are doing this on Friday night in Las Vegas, Nevada, with our first ever live show. Thank you so much for coming out. Thank you to all our listeners for listening. Thank you for waiting an extra day for this podcast because we didn't have it on Friday morning. Joining me from next door to me here, a rare moment we've all been together. This is the first time, I think McMahon says it's the first time we've been together in the same room for like a year. You say it's like two years. Year and a half. Year and a half, okay. Anyway, Tim Bontemps. Hello, everybody. And joining from farther away, wanted to dress tonight in rodeo chic. <laughs> had the belt buckle, had the jeans with the little quasi-manly studs. Had the hat. Had the hat. But his wife, the uh, IT department, talked him out of it. Is Tim McMahon. Howdy, partners. Thank you. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for helping us talk Wendy into doing this. He is a man of the people. Certainly looking forward to saying hi to everybody post-show and uh, kissing babies, signing autographs, selfies, whatever you need. Very, a very friendly guy, always. McMahon botched the time zones today. I want you to know that he... Hold on, Wendy. No, no, no. Hold on. It wasn't my fault. I did miss the start of availability. Our TV folks send out the schedule and they put Eastern time on there. Well, we're not in the Eastern time zone. So I got that screwed up, but then a good colleague could have saved me. I'm, we, we see him in the lobby. He says, Hey, what are you guys doing? I'm with the IT department, my beautiful wife. And we say, Hey, we're going out to brunch. Well, access was starting in like 45 I minutes. I just assumed he was going to hour. brunch with his beautiful wife and not working. So, so in, what am I, what yeah, am I supposed to yeah. do? So, in, you know, Hey, Hey, Hey pal, what are you guys doing? Well, you could have told me, no, dude, you need to go to work. So I get the alert. Access is starting. I have to basically ditch my wife at uh, brunch, really leave the happened. bill with her. You saw on your phone while you were like eating bacon and eggs. <laughs> yes. Click on this link to watch the press conference yeah. live. The they said, oh, no, I have to work. So I have to go. <laughs> I was all I, missed, all I missed was Rick Carlisle's access. And I have seen plenty of those over the years. <laughs> I, try, I guarantee you this. Rick did not miss me. 
Last night after the Pacers won, Rick was in a swaggy mood. Oh, yeah. And he came by and saw us in the hallway, and he gave McMahon kind of a, a side eye. And he goes, hey, McMahon, write something positive. <laughs> <laughs> He's had that conversation with you before. It's usually he... This time, Jay Kidd cussed at me. Usually, uh, trust me, Rick has cussed me plenty it's of times. A couple times. I would never, ever give anybody any advice on gambling. I'm just going to say that yesterday, I was at that arena at 1230 in the afternoon, and the Pacers and um, Bucks were warming up. It was like 56 degrees on the court in that arena. Like The players were like bundling up, blowing on their hands. It was a 2 o'clock start in the Pacific time zone for two Eastern Conference teams, and I was being told that the over-under was the highest in 31 years. What? Just because it was. The highest. I was like, no way. There is no way this game is going over. Brian, who famously makes predictions, makes a prediction well, a I didn't day tell and a half anybody, late. But I, I didn't tell anybody, but I said that game is not going over 257. It's a classic Brian prediction. Wait for it to happen and then declare he knew it was going to happen beforehand. Never happens. Well, then at like 315, you know, we have our whole like final set up here. ESPN is blowing this out. There, we got the full staging over there. I don't know if you guys have been over the We're arena. having the Hoop Collective live show. Forget exactly. That. I know. And so we've got our full setup. So here's the thing. There's like this green room at ESPN or when like during the finals and stuff. And we can see like the raw feeds like in there. Like, you know how like they like do the interviews with the coaches? Like those aren't live. Those are on tape so that somebody from the NBA can watch it and be like, okay, you can say that. Like, man, do you get to see these? I, I'm not invited to the green room. Yeah, I don't, just I don't to be get clear. to see these. Yeah. Brian gets to see these, the star. So, <laughs> so anyway, I was in there and, and Pacers are playing and the Bucks are playing. And over here, I'm watching the screen that shows the arrivals because, you know, the arrivals are like the most important thing. And uh, LeBron's coming in. It's like 315. Like it's like the second quarter of the Pacers game. Like Miles Turner came in wearing no shirt, like $100,000 in jewelry. All these guys had their special outfits on. LeBron was there at 3.15 for a 6 o'clock game wearing a white T-shirt, no jewelry, and he walked past Richard Jefferson, who was there to try to interview him, and he flicked him off. <laughs> and I was like... You probably shouldn't do that on the Disney pod. I was, I was like, look, Lakers are winning this game. <laughs> so, um, but, you know, we had um, uh, a real special thing happen last night. Um, I don't know if you guys watched on TV at all. But TNT and ESPN had like these crossover shows. And so um, our first guest was a part of that crossover show. And I will say, we have sponsors tonight. Oh, yes. So um, the True. guests on the Hoop Collective in-season tournament podcast presented by Skechers with Skechers basketball shoes. Feel the difference and join Julius Randle and Terrence Mann on the Skechers basketball team. And I know who would like to be on the Skechers basketball team. That is one of our favorite teammates at ESPN and was the, one of the co-pilots of the crossover show last night. The one, the only, the greatest, Malika Andrews is here with us. Howdy, partners. 
She loves Howdy Pie. You know what the I funny thing so is? Much. Malika rides horses all the time. Yes. Ben McMahon doesn't God. have any idea what a horse is. She does, she, I, I have been on a horse once. Actually, it was this summer for the first time. I got kicked in the head by a horse when I was a kid. We that explains, explains so, so much. Yeah. Now we all understand. Um, listen, I was hoping for Barkley. We settled for you, but thanks for being here. It's all right. I was hoping for Barkley, too. <laughs> McMahon and I were in a taxi today, and the taxi driver was, was trying to tell us how you keep scorpions out of your boots. This is true. And uh, McMahon has never owned a pair of boots. Have you no, ever no, no, no. I have, have one pair of boots. I do okay. have a pair was of that boots. Was recently, that recently you bought yeah, that? Like last, I don't know, five, six years. Okay. Well, anyway, uh, Malika, so last night, that was uh, a severe one-off with yeah. the TNT crew doing with the Countdown crew. Yes. Sort of organized chaos. What was that? What was going on with that? I don't even know how organized it was. Like some points, it just it just felt like it was chaos. Um, so I don't know how many people here saw the the crossover show, but our sets were only twenty feet apart. Like if if Shaq wanted to stand up, which at one point he did, and walk across the plaza where there were thousands of people, it would take him you know thirty seconds to do it. Um, I was just sort of like, I don't know why we're continuing this metaphor of Texas and cowboys. And, but I was like, all right, this is a buck and bronco and we just need to hold on. Because um, the minute that Chuck ends up pouring confetti on Stephen A. And as soon as Stephen A. starts yelling at Chuck and as soon as Chuck calls out Bob Myers for jumping off the Titanic that is the Golden State That Warriors. was a mildly, mildly awkward moment for Bob. And Bob was kind of like, like looking back over his shoulder. He yeah. wasn't... Yeah. yeah. So um, it was a whole lot of fun. It was a whole lot of chaos. I kind of hope we get to do it again at some point, um, but extreme one-off because it's it's never happened before and I'm not sure the, the roadmap to get it to happen again. Yeah, but you but, were like sharing the ball with Ernie Johnson, the legend. Which was the coolest thing in the entire world, by the way. I just had to pick my jaw up off the floor when he would toss to me and he would, you know, in his like very deep... Um, Malika and I'd be like, yes. What can I? <laughs> me? You called on me. Um, I mean, Ernie's just—he's so incredible. And I just the—I got to—we we chatted for a bit after and watched the game together. And um, it's really hard to sustain the level of excellence that he has for as long as he has. And that's just sort of what. Were you in me. the bowl watching the game? Because yeah. Ernie is a big believer. Yeah. Be in, the bowl. in being in the bowl watching the game yeah. like chuck and shaq and kenny they all go in the back yeah, he's always he always yeah. watches yeah, yeah. he's always, always out there sitting watching well that's what you know he asked me he said why are you out here and i said well because i i'm one of those that believes that you have to actually sit and talk and watch i was i want to be able to say i want to be able to play i want to be able to play who he play for and not embarrass myself like that's that's sort of the goal yeah, i was in the green room so well the snacks were good wendy they weren't the best. There's definitely <laughs> budget go. There's definitely budget cutbacks on the snacks front. Um, they gave me the good ones. I don't know what, what happened for you. Well, I'm just saying, like you know, it wasn't quite the same. Mm. That's all. I mean, you know. Caviar Wendy over here. We have great snacks back here. Hey, charcuterie boards, good. I ate that. All right, hummus. Which you devoured. I did. And you ate all of the hummus and all I the charcuterie. If anybody else wanted any? And nobody, <laughs> nobody Listen, hurt you. I offered. And you guys weren't quick enough. There's, I'll just say there's, there's a bathroom back here, and it's got I don't know if it's a sponsorship with Kilmer or something, but there's a there was there was a whole rack of those dude wipes. I didn't take any dude wipes, and but then, I do have some fancy chapstick. All I know is, is that there was. A, 
there was a bunch of them, and then McMahon went in, I, and then I went in, they were true. all gone. Yes, they were gone. There, there are there are plenty of things factual you can say about me. That one's not true. I'm not taking. I'm not taking that one. All right. Well, anyway, so was it Malika? You used to live in Chicago and used to cover the Bucks. Yep. Chicago. Oh, we have Chicago here. Hey, I just want you to know right now the Bulls are losing to this, the Spurs. I don't Which know. Which is hard to, get a to live do. Update. Live I don't update. know what the score is right One this point moment. game. One point game in the fourth quarter. By the way, the Bulls got the greatest draw. So, you know, all these teams that didn't advance to the quarterfinals this week, they all had to have two games drawn. And, like, some teams got absolutely screwed. The Knicks got screwed. They, get, they drew the Celtics, and they, and they already had to play an extra game against the Bucs. So, like, the Knicks had the worst draw out of this because they wouldn't only play the Bucs three times, had to play them four times because they were in their, their pool. The Bulls... Like, if this happened with the Lakers, like, next year, if they didn't make it, there would be, like, conspiracy theories. The Bulls got the Charlotte Hornets at home without LaMelo Ball, and then today they get to play the Spurs. That was their two new games, and they are losing to the Spurs. <laughs> Might not win. We'll see. Anyway. We'll have an update later in the pod. Malika used to live in Chicago and drive by 94 all the time, the job that Jamal Collier has now. Um, and so you have known Giannis for a really long time. Uh, Giannis was not in a good mood. After the game last night, did he walk out on anybody? I was or say, have you ever seen Giannis mad at a press conference before? <laughs> we we sat through that together. Well, yes, first we waited ago. for Giannis for two hours. Literally, the Laker game was tipping off when Giannis decided to come speak to the media. Yeah. He, that, but you know, I mean, Giannis is still like when you see him stewing after games, right? Like he'll go and he'll sit in the locker room and he'll you know put his feet in the ice bucket and like you know when he's willing and wanting you to come up and talk to him and you know when he's sort of like it's not even he's on his phone he just like is staring sort of processing and replaying because this is the same kid who used to you know go across the street jersey still wet with sweat and recreate every single shot that he missed and the bucks have sort of gotten him away from that but not away from that mentality what he does but when he showed up at that press conference yesterday what I heard him say when he was talking about how we don't play hard enough, we don't get back on defense, we're not run, we're not doing the little things that we need to do. Um, I don't know about you guys, but for the last, so I, I started covering the Bucks uh, in 2017, 2018, um, and under head coach Mike Budenholzer, the Bucks defense has always been their identity. And we talked about this on NBA Today earlier, and I'm curious what you think, Bontemps, because you and I were together in the Eastern Conference kind of during that run, during that time. It's really rare, Brian, as you pointed out, for a team to be in a championship window for six years. And I don't, I, I don't want to overreact to the fact we're talking about a team that's second in, in the Eastern Conference. But because the measuring stick is the Celtics, because the measuring stick is the Philadelphia 76ers, because really the measuring stick is the Denver Nuggets. It's the Pacers. Um, <laughs> and the Pacers. Um, I don't know what the identity of this team is, Bonteps, and that's what I heard Giannis sort of saying is like, who, who are we? Yeah. What are we in this moment? I mean, the Bucs aren't, a, to me, they're not good enough to win in the East, really. And that, to me, that's more the identity than anything else, because you look at them, like you said, they're a team that's always been defined by their defense, right? And they get rid of Mike Budenholzer because, frankly, Yas was tired of having Mike Budenholzer as his coach. And they go get Dame Lillard because, let's all be honest, right. they knew that Giannis wanted to play with Damian Lillard, and they're trying to keep him there, and he did sign this extension. But 
Now you look at their team. They can't guard anybody. They don't have any perimeter athleticism. They have briefly tried to go away from the having Brooke Lopez at the rim defense that has yeah. been so effective for them the past several years. That lasted about five games until Adrian Griffin was on air at halftime of a game on ESPN. Actually, it was the Knicks-Bucks game, as I remember yeah. it, the first in-season tournament game in yeah. Milwaukee, and said on the interview at the halftime show, yeah, well, you know, sometimes the players are right, so we're going back to doing what we did before, which is like, eesh, that's kind of a rough admission to make in the middle right. of the broadcast. And you watch them play. Like, yesterday's a good example. They – they couldn't keep up with the Pacers yeah, I mean, late in the game. They're 22nd, right, in defensive efficiency, I think. And under Bud, they weren't worse than 14th. And so I don't want to over, you know, we talk about is it something, nothing, what's the sample size you need? But it's just not a problem we're used to Milwaukee having. And it was very apparent. You know, They have a 43-point quarter, and then all of a sudden, here come the Pacers again. Well, first, Giannis goes, I never look at the stat sheet. We're all like, uh-huh. <laughs> as Malika said, Giannis sits after the game in his ice. He, and he sits and he there. studies the stat sheet. The stat sheet well, minutes. I guess if he doesn't look at it, he, he stares studies it. He digests it. it. He absorbs it. Yeah. And then he goes, um, we're not organized. We're not organized. And, and, so, and he said that several times. Well, here's what happened. So as soon as he said, we're not organized, I get a text. And the text is from one row in front of me. It's from Bontemps. And it's like, uh, what did he just say? And then in the back of the room, they, you know, they call on these big events, they call on people. And uh, in the back of the room, the seven goes, uh, in the back, Stephen. Stephen A is back there. And he's on the mic in his uh, bright blue suit. Yes, he had he on. a very nice suit. He, very nice. He, had, he had so much time to, before Giannis got on that he was able to go out, get mocked by all the TNT guys then come back in and go to Giannis's press conference. And then he heard Giannis say, uh, we're not organized. And so he's like, Giannis, do you want to follow up on that? Yeah. Um, that which was a good question. Yeah. Stephen A is a good reporter. And uh, Giannis was started to wiggle a little bit. Well, I mean, he tried to dance around it. But, I mean, he made it clear he doesn't think they're organized enough. And yeah. at the end of well, the day. What Stephen A wanted to know was, are you, ta- are you talking about your coach? Right. Well, Stephen A. very well, smartly and, followed up and said, are you talking about the players? Right. Are you talking about the coach? What well, are you talking about? Adrian Giannis Griffin, tried to dance around it. but Right. Adrian you know. Griffin tried to say, well, this one was on me. And Giannis was asked about that. And he said, well, no, no. Like, the coach can say whatever he wants, but we're the ones that are out there. And, of course, there are clips, the questions about, okay, well, this is why they brought Dame in to be clutch Dame that he has been. And he has been that when you're also following in the footsteps of Drew Holiday, who was an exceptional defender. And that's sort of the, the shoes that you're leaving there's the question of whether or not this is going to work. And that's what's starting to creep in. And it's not just what we're asking, it's what the Milwaukee Bucks well, are asking the dynamic with the team is so much different, yeah. right? Because before it was Giannis, and then it was Drew and Chris Middleton and Brooke Lopez sort of filling in the gaps wherever yep. they needed to, right? Because, I mean, you know Giannis well. On a day-to-day basis, he's in different moods and you kind of have to adjust to him. Well, Damian Lillard gets there after they trade everything for him, and it's game time, right? It's like, I'm going to come here, I'm going to do my thing. You brought until me here to Tyrese do my Halliburton thing. is doing well until Tyrese Halliburton thing. makes Tyrese time, but you know, Dame is not going to play second fiddle to anybody, and that that's another part of the dynamic. It doesn't make Dame a bad guy, but it's just a totally different vibe on a lot of levels than it's been for a long well, and, time. And Dame's also saved their ass over and over again. Like mm-hmm. your ass. This has been the messiest fifteen and seven start to a coaching tenure in NBA history against like a very soft schedule. They're on, I hear you, but they're on a fifty-six win pace. And, and they reached Vegas. Right. And, and I feel like, I mean, and understandably, 
because they haven't played like a 56 win team. Yep. Dame has just saved them enough times to where they're still sitting right pretty in, in a pretty good spot in the standings. But for them to be on a 56 win pace and for Adrian Griffin to be under this kind of a pressure uh, this early is pretty. It's not great. Pretty unique. But the question then becomes, and I posed this earlier to you, and you said maybe, maybe not, but should they have been, the cynical question would be, should they have been in as many close games as they have been against oh, some of the opponents that they yeah, have definitely been not. put in a position for Dave yeah. to have to bail them out? No question. It's been it's been a concerning start. All right, well, the Bucks went home today. Uh, Malika will be here tomorrow. Um, you've got a bunch of duties tomorrow, Malika. You've got to host Countdown before the game on ABC. What time is the game? I don't even know. The game's at 5.30. 5.30 local. 5.30 local. 30 no, no. We always talk at Eastern time. <laughs> we always talk at Eastern time. 8.30. In the real world, it's 8.30 here. Oh, it's we have a couple of rules. Number one, actions over words. Number two, we always talk in Eastern time on the podcast. otherwise, Brian will never show up. <laughs> That's the corollary to that. All right. But also, so you have that tomorrow. Then you have to host the halftime show. Mm-hmm. Then Malika has the honor of handing out the first ever in-season trophy. The NBA Cup, Brian. The NBA Cup. Get it right. NBA Cup. You know what, though? It doesn't and really look like a cup. Each player yeah. gets medals. It's kind of, you could drink out of it. Wait, each player's getting a medal? Too? Yeah. Each player gets a medal, too. Wow. They get, is there like 500 grand? Uh, yeah, 500 uh, grand <laughs> medal and uh, cup. Do they get a big check, too? <laughs> that would be awesome. Here's your big check. You know, LeBron would like, he would just turn it right over and... Yeah. <laughs> Get his phone out and deposit. Well, my favorite was D'Angelo. D'Angelo <laughs> Russell. What the checks for? D'Angelo Russell saying he was going to spend it on two vacations. It's like, yeah, it's my summer vacation and my All Star vacation. I was like, what kind of vacation are you <laughs> yeah, going right? on? Yeah. So, what are you? How are you preparing for this never before done mm. trophy ceremony? Well, I was just asking you. What would you expect? Well, I didn't know about the medals. But, Do you have to like? Uh, is Adam Silver placing them? No, over no. Each? There are there are children who will be local oh. local kids who will be doing. Oh, but, that's neat. But the players cool. are very tall. Boys and girls club. <laughs> <laughs> there may be some kneeling ladder <laughs> adjustments that need to need to sort of happen there. So this is a this is a big deal, you know. You get to hand out the trophy tomorrow. She's handed out the NBA, you know, the Larry. Williams. I didn't touch yes. it though. Malika has handed out the the championship trophy. Correct. MP yeah. So no big deal. But like you know, now you gotta like. No, no, no. This is I I I feel the pressure, and you, this is helping really. Hey, hey, <laughs> wait until I ask you to hand out the Cajones Factor MVP. Ooh, oh. Wait, I get to hold the Cajones Factor. <laughs> Calm down. <laughs> well, speaking of that. The Cajones Factor player of the in-season tournament presented by Granger, the ones who get it done, is here. And that means Mr. McMahon is on the clock here. Hold on. Let me get my notes out. There's a Cajones Factor. It's been decided. Do you remember three names? I have, like, facts. Just just checking. See, this is why why when he writes a story, it's over in, like, ten minutes because he just, like, blurred some stuff out with no research done. I do research. I come prepared, especially for takes such a, a prestigious long time. honor as the first, the inaugural in-season tournament Cajones it's true. Factor. It's true. Uh, it's a big moment. It is a big moment. And now, wait a minute. Is it possible? Is it, are these in stone? Or what if somebody hits a game winner Cajones tomorrow? Cajones are always in stone, Wendy. <laughs> or brass. <laughs> uh, you know what? 
if you wanted it to include the whole thing, then we they would have scheduled this thing for Sunday. It's scheduled for okay. Friday. So the, just like that game tomorrow doesn't count the regular season standings, okay. it doesn't count for the Cojones factor. You're right. It does not count. Last yeah. night's game's counted. Tomorrow's night's game doesn't count. So it's I, well thought out, McMahon. Uh, well, just kind of thought that out on the fly. Thank you, though. <laughs> All right. I'd like to apologize for Buddy Heald. He did not make the cut, despite the fact this dude has made a bunch of clutch shots for the Pacers. But the bronze of the in-season tournament, Cajones Factor. I thought it was brass. Brass, bronze, we can figure all that out. Uh, so, anyways, the, the poor guy got mocked yesterday, but he does have 29 clutch points, leads the league in in-season tournament action. Damian Lillard was the Cajones Factor MVP for uh, the first – Month plus of the season, he can add this to the trophy case. These are littler cojones because you just got the blonde or the bronze brass. Yeah. You didn't get the whole, you know, the the big old, the big old thing. But Damian Lillard gets the bronze, the silver. Not the most prestigious honor of his career. He's got a few. He's got a few trophy cases full. But LeBron James does get the silver medal here. And look, you might say, hey. The Lakers haven't had a whole lot of cojones necessary moments during this run. I mean, they only won by 44 yesterday, and uh, we might hit on the Pelicans a little bit later. We, we might. We might hit on Zion uh, might. shriveling about as fast as a 200-whatever, uh, 85, 300-some-odd-pound man can. But LeBron James, the one time it got down to crunch time during this thing, the man generated 19 of the Lakers' 23 points in those quarterfinals against the Suns. And look, Cajones, it is about a combination of clutch and swag. And do you know how much swag you have to have to stare through the soul of a referee? Say, I want a timeout. Ignore that ball bouncing down the middle of the freaking lane. I'm freaking LeBron James. I'm calling timeout. Stop the game. These sons cannot pick that ball up and lay it into tie. These guys know. They know how they, they know how grandes these cojones must be to steal that game away from your sons. So, yeah, listen. The Lakers got a little favor from the league office there, and we appreciate it for, for our ratings tomorrow, certainly. Um, hey, did you guys see Scott Foster ref that game yesterday? He did. Scott Foster with three little T's. Um, anyway, so he had LeBron, a pickleball injury. He's just bringing out every line. A black guy from pickleball. This is not a good idea. Who? Scott Foster. Oh, okay. He had a black eye. You sure that wasn't from Devin Booker? Hey. <laughs> All right. I'm just asking those boy, those sons. They were they weren't very happy about that. So, listen. I'd like to build the suspense up, but does anybody have? Maybe a clue who might be the Cajones factor, this MVP of this tournament. I mean, like this was not, this wasn't a real. <laughs> hey, TJ's up there. Hey, you see the NBA? Uh, they, they had, you know, they usually do this for LeBron and like if Pat Bev like grabs a camera and shows it to the ref because the call is so bad. But they did have a little Twitter apology. Sorry, TJ, you didn't walk on that. Really, just moment on the layup. Yeah. Yeah. So, anyways. Obviously, Tyrese Halliburton. And, I mean, this dude, clutch stats, 24 points. That's tied with Heald for second most in, in the uh, league during this tournament. Eight assists, twice as many as anybody else. Dude, you're playing the Celtics, who I had the Celtics to win the whole tournament. By the way, I managed to match Bontemps, and we both went 0 for 4 
And it's funny very, though, very on the impressive. podcast, I picked the Bucks and then on the brackets, the league had us do, I somehow had the Knicks in there. Mine didn't look better. I feel like I, I need to, I need to own that. I had the Kings winning the whole thing. All so right. well, I'll, I'll just we had, that. We had Celtics Kings. It didn't, didn't quite work out. Yes. I, I had Celtics Suns. That didn't work out either. But dude, when this guy pulls up from like 28 feet, boom, tie game against the Celtics. No, no, no. This is an and one three pointer to break the tie. Here's a dime, there's a dime, 9-0 run, bye-bye Boston. And then, obviously, yesterday, blows by Brooke Lopez, layup. And this is nut gun time. This is the last two minutes in all these situations. And then to hit the step back. And poor Brooke Lopez had a foot in the paint when Tyrese is pulling up from three. That's how sick that step back was. And then to stop, <clears throat> check that watch. Uh-uh, Dame time's over. It is Tyrese time. It is Tyrese time. And... I don't know if they're going to get the, uh, what is this, the NBA Cup? I don't, NBA know if Cup. I don't know if he'll get his moment with Malika tomorrow. Um, but the Gajones factor, you know, those, those balls stuffed in the net, that thing, and once we actually get those trophies made, one is going his way. Like, by the way, McMahon at one point made his own logo. Actually, you didn't make it. You I, believe, it. I believe the IT department I made it. That was an it. IT department development. Yeah, that's okay. what I thought. A, uh, a logo was way more creative than Ben McMahon. A we logo was commissioned for the Cajonis Factor Award with basically two basketballs going through a net at one time. And he was informed by our leadership that might be, they might be in the room right now. Uh, it might have been a slight that, issue raised with the, with the theme logo. song. Uh, and he was told, you can't use that logo anymore. So the next day we did a pod, McMahon had a little basketball hoop behind him, you know, like one of those little ones that you hang on your door. <laughs> a Nerf hoop. And he had the two balls in there. So this man has never been that subversive. Day, he just got stuck in there. Yes. <laughs> a little private uh, FU to uh, certain individuals. That was not an FU. Just a little private one. That's Bam McMahon, not a subversive well, thanks guy for at all. Public and putting my <laughs> always happy, always smiling. Life All right. Well, thank you, Malika. We appreciate you stopping by. We, we look forward to the trophy presentation of the NBA Cup tomorrow. I should tell you that you guys out there shouldn't have to worry when you buy your tickets to your next big event. Game time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater events near you. With killer last-minute deals, all-in prices, views from your seat, and their best price guarantee, Game Time takes the guesswork out of buying tickets. Game Time has last-minute tickets, flash deals, easy to find and to buy tickets of every kind. And the event in your area and views from all the seats at the venue. Game time is the only that's ticket. A, that's a drop the mic right there. Adios, amigo. Thank you, Blake. I was gonna. I, I. First off, Jackson Ajello, our producer. Everybody, give Jackson a round of applause, yeah. please. Jackson. And now booing I was for going wrecking to, the I library. was going to say goodbye to her and ease her off the stage. Just let me get through this ad. Game Time is the only ticketing app that gives you through the complete peace of mind with your purchase. Game Time has deals on all the tickets right after the start of the event, even an hour after it starts. I hope everybody is already here. It's the place to find last-minute seats. Take the guesswork out of buying tickets with Game Time. So download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code HOOP for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem the code HOOP, H-O-O-P, for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Think I'm done? I'm not. <laughs> for the ones who get it done, Granger offers high quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help your facilities stay safe and your people safer. Call or click Granger.com 
or just stop by. All right, thank you to Malika Andrews for stopping by. We had a fun time talking with her. She's the best. But now we have a special moment because it's very rare. This is a guy that we never get to see in person. He has a special connection to tomorrow's game that we're going to tell you about that probably even the biggest fans of his don't even know. And that is all the way here from Seattle, Washington, the machine, Kevin Pelton. Kevin Pelton, do you have a rooting interest in tomorrow's game? I don't, first off, to be clear. I know. Kevin, Kevin Pelton has one favorite team. That is true. I saw somebody in the crowd rocking the Gary Payton and Sean Kemp oh. NBA Jam t-shirt. There you there are. There you go. Yeah. I own that as well. That is a staple. I thought I smelled some weed. <laughs> <laughs> the Seattle Supersonics will be back soon. And he got They're not back excited. yet. They're not back yet. Um, Pelton used to be an employee of the Indiana Pacers. True or false? Well, technically consultant, but yes. Kevin Pelton used to be a consultant of the Indiana Pacers. True or false? True. How did you become a consultant of the Indiana Pacers? Uh, a mutual friend knew their GM at the time, David Morway, and they were looking to get into analytics. And uh, I was a name that they, they you know, what because of that of, connection, what we What sort trusted. of consulting did you do? You know, I would advise them on transactions and kind of big what picture. What sort of transactions did you advise them on? I mean, I, mean, I, I did not advise them to draft Paul George, which really? was the first draft pick after I got there. Uh, in that draft, I wanted either Ed Davis was my guy or Xavier Henry. It, it, it's amazing they didn't keep him on. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll talk about another Pacers actually, player who I liked a lot more in the draft. I actually recently talked to David Norway about Kevin Pelton working for the Pacers. And David, who is an old school basketball guy, uh, admitted that at first he had no idea what Kevin Pelton was talking about most of the time. He's like, he's got these spreadsheets. Show me I don't know what was going on. And... Uh, he has since realized that Kevin is a very, very bright guy, as we all know. Um, I will say that is it ESPN had to like buy you out of your contract. Like they had to trade for you. Is that not true? <laughs> I don't think we even gave up a second round pick to do it. Oh, OK. But they were but, like, we want Pelton. And the Pacers were like, just you wait a second. <laughs> um, but so obviously we got a big game tomorrow. And you have been on the Tyrese Halliburton bandwagon since before day one and you would have advised I mean, the Pacers I, I was thinking about this you know it's like how you discovered Chet Holmgren and Victor Wembanyama. that was me with <laughs> right. Tyrese Halliburton the difference is Kevin actually has a better claim to have discovering Tyrese Halliburton than that but you know I didn't see you details. at any Wembanyama games last year well no I listen one star was sent out there to have 90 seconds on the draft show with Victor Wembanyama. That was something. not me. People, it was not Tim. People it was keep, not Kevin. People keep always saying, yeah, we saw your 90-second interview with Victor. I'm like, dudes, it was 70 seconds. <laughs> I was told very clearly, you have 70 seconds. Hey, they said 70 seconds and get it back to the star. Malika That's right. Has you got to get it back to, to Malika. That's exactly what happened. Get it out of your hands. But you've been, uh, you've been a big believer in Halliburton since uh, he was at Iowa State. His freshman year at Iowa State, he oh. popped in my projections. And I didn't even really like, get it when I watched him play at that point because he was just like off the ball. Mm -hmm. you know, I kind of envisioned him as maybe he would be like what Lonzo Ball became in the NBA, which is a really nice player. I got I to admit, even I, who you know, had him second in my draft projections that year, was not envisioning that he's going to be dropping 15 assists and no turnovers. <laughs> 
and two games in a row. Six points yeah. in a knockout game. Who'd you have first? Lamelo Ball. Okay. Not Wiseman. <laughs> not not Wiseman. <laughs> well, by the way, to, to that point, there's there's been 17 times in the history of the league the guys had at least 25, 15, and no turnovers in a game. Tyree's the only guy who's done it more than once. He's done it three times in the last month. Like, that is the kind of level I mean, even, he's playing at. Even Giannis, we talked about Giannis's post-game press conference yet last night. He was marveling at Tyrese Halliburton. He went on line. for 90 seconds about him. It was, a, it was pretty remarkable to see a guy like him talk about Halliburton like that. Like, you see guys in press conferences say nice things about players sometimes, but I've rarely seen a guy talk for the length that he did about Halliburton after that game. So a couple things about Halliburton. Number one, when the Lakers get ready for this game tomorrow, they have got to not – let the Pacers beat them back down the court after a made basket, like the Bucks allowed like four times. Tyrese Halliburton, I said on NBA Today, Tyrese Halliburton is like the ocean. Don't turn your back because they will get down the court. You know what was amazing about that game, Pelton? The Pacers only made seven three-pointers in that game. Yeah. They would normally get pounded if that was the case, but they got all those easy baskets. The other thing about Tyrese Halliburton is he may be the best player in the NBA at driving with his right hand. He's, he's a killer driver with his right hand. He averaged two points per possession, which is, put that in perspective. Uh, yeah, I, I didn't know that stat. Possession. That's wild. Two points per possession when he's driving with his right hand. He was saying today that the first move he ever learned when he was in fourth grade was the right-handed Hezzy, which he still uses on a regular basis. Although last night, when he got Brooke Lopez, one of the cool things about Halliburton is he can move really fast, right? He's like super flying up and down the court. Last night, he was moving slow. He was very slow with, with Lopez. He kind of went in at him, and Lopez kind of got off balance, and then he went very slowly step back. And that was when he went left. So he's obviously got the whole package. You know, the thing about Halliburton, he's from Oshkosh, Wisconsin. And over the summer, uh, I got to know his family really well when I was with Team USA. We would have these days in Abu Dhabi where there was like literally nothing going on and all of America was sleeping. So there's nobody to be on, like there's nobody to talk to, um, you know, on your phone. And like the, this hotel, like it was, it, was, it was 115 degrees outside. So he just stayed inside the hotel. And I would just sit with the players and the players' families. And I talked to, to John, his dad, who's now famous, right? Now the whole world knows John and his, his dad because he's been cheering all this week. His first Brian so also discovered Tyrese Halliburton's dad. Add him to the list. I did. Victor Wembanyama, no Chet Holmgren, John Halliburton. Discovered for Brian Winters. And, you know, the thing about it is, he was, you know, he's telling me, you know, when Tyrese was a kid in Oshkosh, like, nobody thought he could play because he was from Oshkosh. He wasn't from Chicago. He wasn't from Milwaukee. He used to drive into Milwaukee to try to get attention. Um, and, you know, he didn't get recruited at you know, out of school. I mean, he went to Iowa State, but, you know, it wasn't Duke. It wasn't North Carolina. He wasn't Wisconsin. He wasn't even, he wasn't even the biggest guy in that Iowa State recruiting class. I, I can't even remember who well, the Well, he said earlier this week he was, was a no-star but... prospect. I don't think that was 100% true, but he certainly wasn't a three-star prospect. You know, here he is, like, outstanding from day one. Basically, Pelton's, like, saying my stats are saying he's outstanding. He slips to the back half of the lottery. People thought he was going to go top four. People didn't think, well, you could pass the Bulls at four. Well, there was just uh, it, that it wasn't quite that, but from the fourth pick on, every pick was: is this team going to take Tyrese Halliburton? And every team was like, "Well, him or somebody else," and it was somebody else yeah, all was, the way through. Was Basically, every one was a disaster. One team that shall go unnamed that didn't believe he was as tall as his as his set. First off, I'm surprised by that because if you ever see Tyrese in person, he's got very, 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 very long legs. 
you would not look at him and say, boy, that guy's not really tall. What's he listed at? Six seven, six six. I think six five. Right? Six five. Okay. Well, he looks like he's six six to me. Anyway, this team didn't believe he was that tall, and they ordered their trainer when he came in for a draft workout. They said, measure this guy, because we don't believe he's that tall. And so the trainer did, and the guy trainer came back and they said, yeah, he's six foot five, and they still didn't believe it. So anyway, he gets drafted. Hey, the Bulls beat the Spurs tonight. Anyway, did. Go on. All right. <laughs> Congrats. What is that now? 17 for the Spurs? Four, four in a row for the Bulls. No Zach Levine. Out for a month. Bulls are going to be like 25 <laughs> and 0 when Zach Levine comes back. after the game that Zach Levine's out longer. By the way, <laughs> we just announced he's now out four additional weeks. Yeah. Um, back to Halliburton. My bad. Yeah, anyway. That's big news. Um, nice, nice job, McMahon. Um, the, so, uh, you know, he gets drafted to the Kings. They say they love him. There's going to be a franchise around him. And then they trade him. And I talked to him the week he got traded, and he was really, really upset. I was like, hey, man, you're out of Sacramento. I'm like, you're, you're free. You, you can live. And he's like, uh, you know, not as a city, but, you know, it's a basketball graveyard for decades. And he's like, he was really, really, really upset. Like, he was like, no, they promised me. So this is a guy who, like, you know, look, let's, you know, we're not going to lay awake tonight and, and worry about him. He's got a $200 million contract. But, like, he was like, nobody wanted him. Like, he was, you know, always picked – you know, always second best, always third best. Well, and in that situation, right, he got chose, they chose De'Aaron Fox. There was, there was a, not, I wouldn't say they were like, there was a classroom to two of them, but like they didn't mesh great on the court and they decided they, the best thing for them going forward was to put De'Aaron Fox with another star and it couldn't work with those two guys. So it's another example of him being right. passed over for somebody else. Yeah. And you know, Tyrese was saying today that he and Buddy Heald really didn't like each other at all when they started playing each other in Sacramento. And then they get, then they get, you know, Tyrese gets traded. He's like, oh, well, I'm really upset. At least I get away from Buddy Heald. And then he finds out Buddy's in the deal. <laughs> but they are now buddies. Okay. But uh, they've never, he's never, neither one of them ever played in the playoffs because they were Kings and then they were Pacers. Never been on TNT until Monday. Um, so after all this time and all these, you know, being overlooked as much as you can as an NBA first round draft pick, he finally gets to this week and drops two amazing games on the world. And they every, and now celebrated. Last night, um, you know, they do the press conference separately after the game. So the Bucks had a press conference room. There was like tumbleweeds blowing through there, for the honest. But here comes Tyrese Halliburton into this press conference with basically the national media here. There was people overflowing out of the room he walked into the room and did like a quadruple take. I, I, he had never seen this type of media at an NBA game for him. And so he's got this great opportunity. And like, this is kind of what the in-season tournament's about. Now, just to be clear, the NBA is not unhappy that the Lakers oh, right. are here. But on the other side of it, it's been a coming out party for Tyrese Halliburton, Pelton. Yeah, I mean, it's an exciting opportunity because even as an all-star last year, he wasn't, you know, a big story within that game. You've mentioned all the national TV element of it. And just his game is ready for this moment. I think that's the biggest thing. You know, if this moment had come a couple of years ago, he was an exciting prospect at that point. We, we were high on his future, which is why the Tims, like me, hated that trade so much for Sacramento. And by the way, who was sticking up for the Kings? Yeah, you, you, when, when Sabonis is like averaging triple-double in a playoff series this year, you're, you're going to be like, oh, you were the first person. Sabonis to is a, that a prediction? Oh, is, it is a prediction. No. <laughs> <laughs> Once I'm again, a, I'm you're parsing that one down. Did he have I'm marking that one down. Last year's playoff series? 
Uh, you heard it here first. Demonis Sabonis is going to average Once triple again, double. You're parsing my first, words. No, I'm just literally just said when he's I averaging see. a triple double in a playoff series. That's what you just said. You'll be making fun of me, be going, "Yo, you were the first person to ever talk about Sabonis." Go ahead, Pelton. <laughs> but his game right now, he's evolved so much. I mean, that's the interesting part. Like, look, a lot of statistical projections were really high on Halliburton, but the idea that he was going to be an offensive engine all to himself the way he is right now is not what anyone was forecasting for him. And he's added so much to his game. He's always had that right-hand drive. But the step-back three is new. The ability to score, you know, kind of the in-between game, that's something that he's added seeing how teams defended him early in his career. And he deserves a tremendous amount of credit for how much improvement he's made. Well, and then the other thing about him coming in was his jump shot is ugly, right? Like the form is weird. And it still is. But except it goes in all the time. He, he, had, a, he had a great line about that today. He, he talked about the draft process because his jump shot is weird. And he said he got really mad during the draft process and everybody talked about how bad his jump shot was. He said, it's not like it's 2K where you press square and I shoot the ball and somebody blocks it off my face. It's like, I know how to play. I'm going to get space. It's like, I know shot. that it's I can't shoot directly into someone's yeah, hand. Like, I know that I have to open up a yeah, shooting lane. But it, it was, it was a very interesting and revealing answer. Cause he does like for as sunny of a disposition as he has, he's clearly a guy like a lot of the great players who has found a lot of chips to put on his shoulder. And one, that's one of many doubts people have had about him along the way. Did you think he was a point guard coming in? I mean, like I said, I thought that Lonzo Ball, you know, his second year at Iowa State was different. Starting, he played in the U19 World Championships for the U.S. And that's where scouts, I think he played with Jaden Ivey in that tournament. Mm -hmm. And that's where scouts really started talking about him as a first round pick. And he had the ball in his hands there and he did more at Iowa State. But you weren't sure whether he had the athleticism to break guys down off the dribble. And he's that's hilarious to think. wrist, right? Wasn't his wrist messed up that year, too? That, that sounds right. I mean, the, yeah. And then Iowa State had a very disappointing season his second year. So there, there were a lot of reasons for people to doubt. He compared himself today to Steph Curry. He goes, people said Steph Curry's jump shot was messed up when he came in the league. And I was like, hmm. well, I don't recall that. Well, the, I, I don't recall anybody <laughs> saying yeah, right. that. <laughs> but that's what he said to himself. They said that about Steph Curry. I, I was still at brunch, but didn't Rick Carlisle <laughs> compare him to, um, to Steve Nash? Well, that's the comparison Which I've is, been that, making. That's fascinating because... Like Steve Nash's biggest regret is he didn't look for his shot. And obviously Halliburton's doing that. But Halliburton is leading the league in assists by a lot. The guy's averaging 12 and a half assists per game. And the Pacers are playing at a like an incredible pace. And he never turns the ball over. Is it true yeah. that you I mean, that's the big difference between him and Nash. you didn't pay and they had to come run you down at the Uber stand? We touched on that earlier. Did you forget? No, he didn't. He, no, he the, didn't, I, the he IT department... She's got her own money. Okay. <laughs> Say he ran off and didn't pay. She also went out shopping with uh, old Kiki Bontemps, and I got lucky that she wasn't on a, a, a Kiki type of budget. I'll put it that way. <laughs> well, so tomorrow, um, Lakers. What do you, do you? Who do you like in tomorrow? What does the machine say? Well, we've just talked so much about how great the Pacers' run has been in Halliburton, and still. I like the Lakers because you talked about it. LeBron, when he's playing like this, and he took three charges in the first half. How many night. charges has LeBron taken this season before yesterday? Does any there's a bonus trivia question? Does anybody want to take That's a more guess? Than that. How many charges LeBron? I'm, I'm, I'm with that guy. I'm gonna guess three. No, that, you saw the notes. No, I didn't. Oh. Just guess three. He saw he took three charges yeah. yesterday in the first half. He he. So we have the data from Second Spectrum going back a decade. 
There was only one other game in that entire span he'd taken three charges. Yeah, he's had month. He's had halves of seasons where he hasn't taken three charges. He took three all the whole game, the whole season yesterday, yesterday, which is probably ahead of his average pace in his career. And he took three in the first half. And yesterday. two on Zion. No one takes charges on Zion. Wow. I mean, you do when you want to win the NBA Cup. And I, think, <laughs> I, and I do think, I, I said that sort of in jest, but I do think it's fitting that these are the two teams playing in this game because I think you can argue, not just because they're undefeated and one of them will be undefeated. They've, these, I think, are the two teams that have taken this thing the, serious, the most serious from the beginning. Yeah. Like the Pacers have been very adamant that it's a huge opportunity for them. Tyrese, you know, had never played on TNT before this week. Wanted to be wants to be a guy that's seen. LeBron had played on TNT. LeBron had a couple <laughs> times, but LeBron wants to wants to like you know LeBron wants to win this tournament to be the guy who won it the first time. Plus, LeBron the is a rich. Guy. Every really rich guy wants to be richer, and LeBron actually cares about the five hundred grand. Listen, he 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 really needs the money. He'll invest it in something. I'm sure. <laughs> Put it in his seed money for his uh, hopes to have an he expansion team. He really wants the, uh, the the franchise in Vegas. What he wants. <laughs> yes. That's right. Every bit counts. Maybe he'll just <laughs> donate it to the city. Hey, here, here, take this five hundred thousand dollars. That take won't be happening. A, yeah, I didn't think so. Didn't think so. Kevin, right. I'm curious though, real quick on the game. Um, I feel like it's obviously a pretty fascinating contrast in styles because of how physical and big and, and you know, sort of older, obviously, the Lakers are, and how young and fast and high-scoring the Pacers are, sort of feels to me like this game is going to come down to which team can dictate how the game is played. Like, yeah. if it's in the 120s and 130s, I don't think the Lakers have much of a chance of winning. And conversely, I think if it's like 110-105, I wouldn't give the Pacers much of a chance of winning just because of sort of the, the pretty vastly different ways these two teams play all the time. We exchanged some texts about this at halftime of the Pacers Bucks game because the Pacers were leading, I think, at that point. Yeah. But it was a low scoring game. We didn't think they could win like that. And then they exploded offensively in the second half. But the guy who probably looms most important because of that is somebody who was really important on Thursday, Aaron Neesmith. Like Obi Toppin gives. Or as, them- uh, as Giannis called him, Naismith. <laughs> <laughs> He didn't invent the game, but uh, he's playing it pretty well right now. Even though Obi Toppin is bigger, Neesmith is the more physical defender. They had him defend Giannis, and I guess he probably gets some of the LeBron assignment tomorrow. I mean, Bruce Brown Jr. maybe as well, but he's a little small for that one. Bruce Brown's probably excited about the rodeo. He does wear cowboy hats (laughs) and stuff. Yeah, for our listeners who aren't here, like the national rodeo is going on starting, I think, today or tomorrow. Next to our hotel. It's just an absolute fest of cowboys and cowgirls running around the city right now. Lots the in-season tournament doesn't hats. exactly fit in for various reasons. All right, Pelton, you can stay here for a second because um, it's time for trivia. Ooh. Now, I want to say that Bontemps has already declared that he has three questions. I don't know if we're doing all three, but he has already declared, McMahon, that you and I aren't getting two of them. I mean, I never get oh, any. Oh, we're not. I'm never getting any of them. Oh, the whiz of the quiz They're, came with something, huh? We were told I, I got we're not going to get two of them. So, uh, Pelton. Well, Pelton's up here, the smart guy. I'm sure we'll get at least one. And I want you to know the Hoop Collective Trivia is presented by Game Time. Take the guesswork out of buying tickets by using the Game Time app. Use code HOOP for $20 off your first purchase. Okay, Bon Temps. Listen, they're quick questions. They're courtesy of our guy, Stats Williams, big friend of the pod. Uh, we just talked a lot about Tyrese Alberton. He's had... Averages of 14 assists and zero turnovers over a two-game span twice in his career. Both times, obviously, coming this season, as we've talked about. There's one other player that's ever done that. And when you say this is one we won't get, 
I mean, if you looked at the notes, then maybe. You I didn't should. look at the notes, so, but it's not like it's it's not. I don't know. I don't think you'll get the answer. So no. it's not John Stockton. It's not John Stockton. Is it a Hall of Famer? No. Huh. George McLeod. George it's not George McLeod. George McLeod. Wait, you, you said a pacer? No. Just a, Once ever. Uh, He's on. not going to get I, the I, answer. I Tyus Jones. He has no chance of getting Tyus Jones, he says. Tyus Jones is not the answer. Monte Morris. Not the answer. It's not a current player. Okay. I'll give you that. Okay, you got to give us decade. This century. <laughs> so two. I'll give you two decades. <sighs> Not a Hall of Famer from this century. When Rondo? We, no. What are you looking at me for? <laughs> Does anybody in the audience have a guess? Nope. Not, Ooh, not Scott Skiles is a good That's guess. That's a good though. guess. Scott Skiles played in the 90s. This century, though. Nope. Nope. He said Billups. <laughs> Which John Lucas? John Lucas? <laughs> the third? He didn't have 14 assists in his career. <laughs> Played in the 20s. Right, we got several of these questions. Let's go. Let's go. All right. The answer is Jason Williams. Oh, that was going to be my oh. next guess. Oh, sure it was. Which Jason, Which Jason Williams? White chocolate. Jason Williams. All right. For the Grizzlies uh, or for the Kings? For the Kings. All right. Go next on. question. Joel Embiid is on pace to win his third straight scoring title. Who was the last center to do that? Will Chamberlain? No. Kareem? No. No. David Robinson? No. Moses Malone? No. George Mikan? No. <laughs> Damn. I was confident with that one. What was that last one? There's a lot of, a lot of guesses, Kareem. but not the right one. Akeem, not, he says? No. It's not Kareem? No. I already said Kareem. Lou oh, Alcindor? Nobody no. likes <laughs> saying no. Nobody likes saying no more than Bond Times. All right, these are the two... <laughs> Listen, these are the two. These are the two questions I did not think anyone would get. You see how much pleasure he's taking? Like he's getting more happy. Okay, what he's happy. No, happy. What no, decade? no. Uh, the seventies and eighties. Seven. No, Moses. Damn. I said, All I right, said let's Malone, go. Let's go. Buffalo Braves legend. Oh, Bob McAdoo. Bob McAdoo. I didn't even know he was. I didn't even know he was. He's the center. Time. You're gonna say Buffalo Braves legend and not? Isn't he a Bonnie? No, Kevin. that's Bob Lanier. Kevin. Oh, Kevin. Oh, where did that one you out? You just got thrown off the pot. <laughs> All, right. All right. This is one I think you guys might get, though. Reggie Miller, most points in Pacers NBA history. Who is second? The Rifleman. No. Rick Smith. Rick Smith. Maris Legend. Rick Smith. That's. I thought the question was going to be I said there was history. one you would get. That was the one you would that get. That was the one I got. There you go. All right, well, before I read this, before we say goodbye to Pelton, I read this beautiful ad from Skechers. I just want you to know, Skechers, under your, you have one of two prizes under your chairs. Before you look, I'm going to tell you what they are. It's either a certificate for a free pair of Skechers basketball shoes, courtesy of Skechers. Or, or what is it, Bontemps? It is a Brian Windhorst trading card. Autograph, autograph, which which McMahon says is I, worth I, money. I've gotten offers in the mid to high three figures, even one in the four figures for this thing when I put it on. You should the, sell it. If anybody can get even three figures for it, you should sell it. Skechers Performance Footwear is comfort that performs. Skechers. How did you end up with one? Eh, eh, Skechers award-winning reputation across multiple sports has extended to the court big with the Knicks Julius Randle and the Clippers Terrence Mann competing in Skechers' innovative new line of basketball shoes. The new Skechers SXX float offers game-changing stability while the XSXX Risa Grip lets you move at top speed with next-level cushioning and responsiveness. 
If the pros are looking to the comfort of Skechers basketball shoes, you should too. Get yours at SkechersBasketball.com. That's SkechersBasketball.com. Our, our friends at Good Karma are going to ban you from reading ads after that one. I, I was reacting because somehow this all started because McMahon McMahon was at my house a couple of weeks ago and did the pot. And somehow my wife is in here in the front row with this card. Well, she's going to give it away. There might also be some more available afterwards if you come that, see that's us downstairs. The one from his office. There might also be some more available if you come see us downstairs afterwards. Okay, The Hoop Collective is brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now. You're driving, cleaning, and even exercising. What if you could be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average, and auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. Multitask right now. Quote today at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates, national average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 22 and May 23. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available to all, in all states and situations. Thank you to Kevin Pelton. The machine. <laughs> you, you probably planted that card down there. I had nothing to do with that. This is a whole big man production. He's trying to sell them off for money and everything. You should, you should definitely sell it off. I'm surprised he didn't steal the one from my house. Hey, 401k hadn't been doing so hot, so. <laughs> All right, so our last guest, but definitely not least. You knew we weren't going to get through this without talking a lot about LeBron and start talking a lot about the Lakers. Actually, at ESPN, if you'd, I would be in big trouble. We have some producers from ESPN here, and if I did a show and ran it by them where the Lakers were the last topic and not the first topic, I'd get thrown right out. But this I mean, is my podcast. The, the Lakers are going to go last. Tomorrow. Yeah, I know. But don't worry. They'll get a little bit of airtime on ESPN tomorrow and the day after. Slide them out. Joining us are their Lakers beat writer, former Cavs beat writer. I think he went to school in upstate New York. I can't remember the name of the school. I think they might have a game against Georgetown tomorrow, which they... Yeah, we don't, we don't talk about Syracuse on. on the podcast. Also a uh, new member of the Radnor High School Hall of Fame. That's, That's true. Right. Not just Sports Hall of Fame, overall Hall of Fame. Yeah, yeah it's more Definitely than just Definitely not the Sports Hall of Fame. <laughs> right. Dave McMenamin. Yeah, Syracuse is Central New York, Brian. Got that right. <laughs> is that right? Central. I know. What'd I say? Western? Upstate. Anything north of the city is upstate. Listen, <laughs> we, we, this is why we don't talk about Syracuse on the pod. <laughs> so um, what sort of mood was uh, LeBron in today? You'd have to ask someone who was not at T-Mobile Arena because LeBron James decided, hey, I've worked an extra couple days by getting my team to Las Vegas, winning the quarterfinals and winning the semifinals. So I'm going to take the day off. So we did not get to speak to LeBron James. The funny thing was the NBA announced LeBron would be available. They said, they said, LeBron James will be available in the press conference room in half an hour. And then somebody ran in and like, Cam Reddish will be available in the interview. We met Torian Prince. But it's been an interesting few days in Lakers land, Dave. LeBron had one of the most uh, prolific games of his career yesterday in less than 23 minutes. Scored 30 points, eight assists in 23 minutes, three drawn charges, as we said. Um, he has decided that he wants his name on the NBA Cup, 
and uh, they've been unstoppable in the in-season tournament. Now, what, they've six, six five, and oh. six and oh. What's their like point difference? It's gotta be over a hundred. It's gonna be like 125. Well, it was, it was 74. They won yeah. by 40 something and then they won by a few the other day. And then they beat the Suns by three. It's a lot. 40, 44 plus 74, what's that? 120, 118. 118. Yeah. Hold pretty on. good. Let me double check. Pretty <laughs> mediocre the rest of the games, but pretty good in the in-season yeah, tournament. The Lakers and Pacers are going to be petitioning, just have the in-season tournament be every game. Because in the in-season tournament, they're unstoppable, and the rest of the time, they're meh. Yeah, the Pacers are, what, 12 and 8? Yeah. And they They've lost six. to Portland and all these other mediocre teams. Well, they, they played Philadelphia in back-to-back games in Philadelphia. The first one... It was like on a Wednesday. Which they, they played Sunday and Tuesday. Tyrese oh, Maxey okay. had 50, mm-hmm. and they won on Sunday. Tyrese had like 37 and 15. Right. And so, then they came back and won on Tuesday. Right. So, but um, how do you, did you see this coming from LeBron, this even this season? I didn't see this. I mean, we look at what he's doing so far this year. The best efficiency of his career. At one point, he was shooting north of 40% from three. I, I don't think he's quite there anymore, but still near his best three-point shooting percentage of his career. And the way you guys have described him, like Austin Reeves last night said, what stands out to him is that his energy has just been so refreshed this year. And there was this guy that the Lakers had in the organization for about a year and a half. I don't know anyone's paid attention to what the Clippers are doing this year, but there was this guy who was on the Lakers for about a year and a half. That it just didn't really uh, add to In the fairness, effervescence. It felt like it felt longer than that. Yeah, it was two of the or year and a half of the longest seasons I've ever uh, had. Not the best move by LeBron, the GM, to bring in Russ. Oh. Oh, isn't yeah, there right. a guy he that gets, gets paid in no, 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 don't, El Segundo don't that actually has hook. to make these moves? Yeah, and he wanted to do something else. It was like Buddy Heald would be in a Lakers uniform. And did LeBron hold up like the way you're holding your hand? He hold a gun to his head to, uh, to make him do that? I think we understand the way these things work. But I anyways. mean, everyone needs to stand in what their job is. Rob Palinka took responsibility Rob for that Palenka's move. Rob job is to make LeBron happy. Well... He should know that sometimes you need to tell him no in order to make him happy. Good luck. <laughs> hey, that was a good... But, you know, listen, it was not just Russell Westbrook being a bad fit. LeBron James's foot was torn up last year. Yep. And he pushed himself to come back and still be a contributor throughout their playoff run, but he was not the guy with the explosive ability that we've become accustomed to he was pretty incredible during the playoffs so i mean even the night he was talking about retiring he played 47 minutes 56 seconds and was insane in that game by the way quick aside retiring i mean come on we all i mean dave like that i mean look utterances happen at the end of seasons but like that was he's gotten away with that like no one he like went out to the SBs. they said okay i'm not gonna retire brian is very good at I mean, setting the narrative he, he we got all, away we all with it, agree except on for michael malone took great pleasure in calling him out and repeatedly. he deserved every <laughs> yes. bit of that he deserved yes. to be called out but for it, that. like the guys carlisle said today he's still in his prime well look here are the numbers lebron james this season averaging 25 points per game he's averaging seven and a half rebounds 6.6 assists shooting 55 percent from the field Best he shot since last year in Miami, shooting a career best 40.7% from three. There you go. It's ridiculous. By the way, last night, LeBron makes three consecutive three-pointers, the last two of which were over like 26 feet. 
I know that Austin Reeves had a quasi good look in the corner, but how does Austin Reeves get away with not giving the ball to LeBron for a heat? Well, so, so, so Brian, you had Brian a media credential last night, right? You were hanging out in the ESPN green room, watching the game on TV, telling stories. Everyone would listen. You, know, you really could have sauntered about eight feet over to the post-game press conference room and asked Austin Reeves that and, question. And, and, and the snacks weren't even that good in the green room. <laughs> it's not like you were leaving luxury. You know what's so cool about last night? The game got to be 40 points in the second half. And so Stephen A. and Wilbon started talking trash back and forth to each other. And Wilbon was telling Jordan stories. And Stephen A. was telling Iverson stories. And like, nobody was watching the second half of that game. They were like, we don't have to worry about this. They were so that. Yeah, because no one did have to worry yeah, about said, it. Hey, game Zion, was ain't, Zion ain't worried about it. Why should we? <laughs> That's true. I hope I'm not talking out of school here, but Brian, when I came I love when he starts sentences that way. To say, <laughs> to say hi to you. I had you and you and Wilbon were you know talking whatever and Wilbon looks at the score and obviously at this point the Lakers possession by possession doesn't matter they're up thirty or forty points takes the phone out of his pocket pulls the phone or pulls the glass at the end of his nose because he can't exactly really see right. he starts scrolling through he goes let's see what the goat feels about this let's see if the goat is watching and he <laughs> proceeds to send some text messages to Michael Jordan oh, I was say, to see I if was Michael LeBron is paying attention to yeah there you go i mean that is <laughs> that is uh talk about a, a power move let me text michael jordan to see what michael jordan thinks about and that's your thing will bond will be like will bond will be like yeah you should have heard what michael jordan said about that situation like you know he's all by the way like jordan nowadays like you know he just sold his team for three billion dollars his favorite thing to do apparently right now is to fish you want to talk to Jordan about the NBA, maybe he'll do it. But he wants to talk. He's like telling fishing stories. And, you know, the thing about it is, like, you know, talk to some people. You think Jordan never missed a shot. You think Jordan never lost a playoff game. You think never, you know, imagine these fishing stories that they oh, yeah. coming from Jordan. Yeah, McMenamin was so convinced that the Lakers had that in the bag. He came in to have oh. a snack in the green room. Yeah, in I had the a nice half. little five-minute. I didn't need to see. <laughs> How do you feel about the snack quality? Uh... I worked with it. It was it was good. It was all right. Yeah, I got a bag of cool cool ranch Doritos. Can't go wrong there. So, um, so the the Lakers are obviously. Can I, Can we? Can we? We we've gotten this far. I don't mean to interrupt. We got to talk about the Pelicans. Oh, no, we got no. We got to talk about. I've inter, I've interrupted it all, so I got to do it once anyway. We we got to talk about. By the way, Zion. he has interrupted. We got to talk about Zion. We got to talk about how bad that was last night. It's, it's I'm, I'm setting my guy up. Yeah, no, yeah because as much as like we've talked about a lot about, hey, this is a great deal for the Pacers and for Tyrese Halliburton. The world's getting to see this guy. Like Zion is the anti-Halliburton right now. Zion got had all the hype, right? Was supposed to be this generational prospect, and we've seen it. And you know, like he's gotten all the exposure, signature shoe deals, all that. This guy has been exposed so badly even when they won in sacramento it's like dude what is zion doing and then yesterday for them to get beat by 44 for him to be like i move faster in sunday morning pickup than he was moving yesterday no you don't <laughs> <laughs> it's close it's close 
hey, I make more effort to get back on defense, and that ain't saying a whole lot. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was that was very rough. I, I mean, mean, the only thing Zion did right yesterday was took some accountability, which is pretty rare. Kinda. I mean, kinda at, did. Yeah, but he walked in and repeated seventeen times. So was, I had to be more aggressive. It was an absolute embarrassment for Zion and the Pelicans. Look, that was the biggest game of his career by a country mile. I mean, he's barely played. He hasn't played in a playoff game. Or a playing game. Or a playing game. And, you know, they had a chance. You know, the day before, he's up there on the podium. He's all smiles. You know, really excited. Talk about the court looking like a stage. Big opportunity. And they go out there and just lay a complete egg. A national TV in a big spot. He's like sort of the counterbalance to Halliburton. This has, like, been a great, you know, week for Halliburton to spring forward. Everybody was looking for that from Zion. And instead, he's getting dragged like crazy. Even though he's played pretty well over the last month. I mean, he's, I mean, he's been out on the court and healthy, but he's just, I mean, I mean, the guys on TNT talked about it last night. I mean, Jack was pretty blunt. Guy's not in shape. Guy doesn't yeah. rebound, doesn't run. Like, and you watch the games, like, he's an extremely talented player, but there's just so much more that could be there. And it's just, it's just not. So Shaq, when I, the one season that Shaq played in Cleveland and I covered him, um, he was trying, now before I say this, he was trying to get, uh, a new contract. It was the last year of his contract. It was at the end of his career. Shaq broke his thumb. And so he decided that when he came back, he was going to be late in the season and he wanted to be like in really good shape. Because I will say this, you can say this about Zion. You know, Shaq, you know, maybe wasn't always in shape, but there were times when he was. All right. So anyway. And never when training camp started. That's true. All right. <laughs> so I was in New Orleans and Shaq was getting close to coming back. And it was a shoot around. And I was, I was inside under the stands waiting for the shoot around to open so we could go talk to the Cavs players. And all of a sudden, you started hearing this vibrating sound. And I, I almost thought there was like an earthquake. Like all the stands, because you're like sort of under the stands, and all the stands around me were going, shh, like poof, 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 poof. You could hear shh. I was like, what the hell is going on? And like, um, and then it, it stopped for a second, and then like five minutes later, like a few further feet farther away, and I go in there and I just look. You're not supposed to look because you know the Cavs. Dave remembers this. Like the Cavs had like these security guards, and if you stuck your head into a practice you weren't supposed to, they'd fire a laser beam at your eye. <laughs> really? I don't That's know funny. that. Really? Yeah. That's funny. They would, like, if you actually walked in to see if they were done, they would fire a laser. It was like they were playing defense because you might see a set and, like, you know, tell the opposition. So I looked in, and it was Shaq running the stairs. And he ran every stair in the bottom, you know, and he was. He was, he was like, trying to get into shape. And so, like, you know, it wasn't like Shaq didn't sometimes work. I mean, he worked a lot. By the way, that story time was brought to you by Progressive, who reminds you that getting an auto life home insurance quote with Progressive is always free, and you never have to worry about being aggregated. I, I was think, wondering. Uh, I was wondering if that was story time. I think the sound effects need their own sponsor. Yeah, that wasn't very good. I'll not, I'm not going to. All right, that. now we can now we can detour back to the Lakers. I just want to make sure Big Man was able to rant about Zion. But someone made a good point um, today. I think it was Patrick Christopher, who's a former college basketball player. I don't know if anyone was watching that Lakers game a few years ago on Halloween. There was a guy sitting courtside that people thought looked exactly like LeBron. I'm like, is it time travel? Is that How like he's the there? Clay, the, the clay double. Oh yeah, yeah, I remember that. Right. Yeah. So that yeah, he has basketball opinions. 
shares them from time to time on social media. He he now works and and is like uh, a guy who does tailoring for a lot of players. Uh, and he said most NBA players, you go to see them and meet them in person, they're a lot skinnier than when you see them on TV. He was at the game last night. Zion, the complete opposite. And I, same thing. I mean, you. I'm not trying to objectify the guy, but I couldn't stop staring at his backside last night. It was huge. It was massive. He probably has the largest pair of shorts ever issued to an NBA player. Well, that's definitely uh, not true. Oliver Miller existed. Yeah. But it's up there. It's up there. There's actually a hilarious picture that the uh, NBA Players Association tweeted today, and it's Christian Wood and Zion like saying what's up before the game, but there's this dude in the background, and he's looking, he's kind of like looking back like this. The dude's looking at Zion's butt thinking, my God, that thing is <laughs> But look, in all seriousness, for all the for That's all the, the kind of analysis you get on the hoop collection. Right? We wanted to have Pelicans discussion. But look, for all the joking, like this, like you said it before, Tyrese Halliburton had an opportunity, seized it, right? Pelicans had an opportunity last night. And instead, we're making jokes about that. And, and listen, Barkley has said it a hundred times on TNT. Very similar in, in terms of like physique, skill set, ridiculous athleticism. But he said it. Moses Malone jumped on him as a rookie and basically said, dude, yeah. if you don't get in shape, you're wasting your career. And they like, I don't know if it's been that harsh, but there have been times like Zion actually came in last year. Zion was slimmed down. And he was lighting the league on fire. Unfortunately, he did his hamstring, never came back. He's, it's messy. He's coasting and it ain't pretty. Well, I'm sure tomorrow will be an exciting game for all the Lakers fans who are going to be driving over here on I-15 tonight. Uh, this is going to be, you, you thought yesterday was going to be a Lakers home game? No. How many Pacers fans are in the city of Las Vegas right now? Is there any Pacers fans in here? There All right, go. you guys are going to have your you guys, work cut out for you tomorrow. Are you guys going to the game? Yeah. Awesome. Did you guys fly in from Indy? Yeah. Okay, good. Awesome. How long That's ago great. did you get your tickets? Like, how long, when did you buy your tickets? Wow, that there's some comments. Hey, that's a man who makes some predictions. Right. <laughs> I hope I hope you put a I hope you put a legal wager on uh, Indiana to win the tournament because I know the odds before were I think 33 to one. That'd be a pretty nice return. Well, there's no such thing as a good bet on the Lakers in Vegas because the odds are always stacked way against the better because all these people bet on. So the, the bet on the Pacers has got to be a good bet, no matter what the odds well, are. Yeah, it's true. And the Lakers are favored by three and a half. Is I think that's right. I can I look it up right now while we're talking. Look what's your what's your read on that up on ESPN bet? Well, I, I'll look it up on the ESPN app. What's your read on the game, Dave? I think when you talk about LeBron and Anthony Davis with something in front of them that they care about, it's a completely different scenario than the vast majority of the games that they play. And so we've seen from the start of this competition, those two have set the tone for the rest of the team. It's also coincided with the team getting healthier. They have big, strong, switchable wings that they're going to throw at Indiana. They're going to try to corral Tyrese Halliburton much the same way they had some success against Devin Booker in the quarterfinals. And they are approaching it with a task at hand that they want to accomplish for bragging rights, for continuing to build their team towards what they looked like late last season. And the De Niro, baby. Listen, I'm going to tell you this right now. 
Tyrese Halliburton is going to deny D'Angelo Russell one of those vacations. He can take one of them, but he ain't getting both because Tyrese Halliburton is going to light his butt on fire. So you are firmly making your prediction that the Pacers are winning. Is that what you're saying? The guy whose bracket was completely winless is predicting that the Pacers win tomorrow, yes. I'm honestly going back and forth on it because, I, I, like I said earlier to Pelton, if the Lakers can control the pace of the game, and can, and can get to the line in particular, like because the Pacers don't really get to the line. So if AD and LeBron can get Miles Turner in foul trouble, can get to the line and control the pace of the game, I don't think Indiana can beat them. But at the same time, if Halliburton gets out and runs and they start scoring, like, I mean, maybe the Pacers, maybe the Lakers get to 135. But, like, if the Pacers have that kind of offensive game where they're hitting threes, I don't think they can keep up. I, I think LeBron and AD probably get it done in the end because, like you said, when they're locked in like this, they're they're at another level. But Pacers' offense has just been ridiculous. So they have a carryover clear. effect from the three. We'll see. But they've had, like, three games where they've shot it remotely good this year, and they've looked like the best team in the NBA in those three games. The well, other sort of goes back to the bubble, 20 right? games, they weren't shooting. Whenever well. they've been able to hit threes with this group, they always look great. Yep. Because that they're 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 big and physical. They're going to rebound. They're going to get this. to the line. The Pacers' whole defensive strategy, such as you can say it, because they're the one of the worst defenses in NBA history. Their whole defensive strategy is to keep the other team from even trying a three-point shot. And the Lakers are the lowest three-point shoot-making team in the league. So, at the risk of sounding like a fool, when the Lakers make 17 threes tomorrow, I don't think the Lakers are going to make too many threes tomorrow. But they're going if they work it inside, they can score a ton of points in the paint. Who's like after Giannis the best paint scorer in the league this year? Oh, LeBron, number twenty-three. Yeah, he's been amazing. So the Pacers' defensive strategy is to get the ball out of the net as soon as possible and go the other way with it. Yeah. And if you got two, let's get three. By the That's way, right. can we just give Bontemps credit? Also, a completely winless bracket here. True. This man just his analysis was whichever team scores the most point will win. That's his <laughs> prediction for tomorrow. I picked the Lakers. Whoever scores the most points tomorrow hey, is going to win. Picked, that's, that's what Bontem said. Well, see, that's not where you're, it's where you're wrong a little bit because the spread is three and a half. And if the Pacers score two points less, they can win in Vegas terms. Okay. But they don't get the NBA Cup from Malika. All right, Dave, thank you so much for um, coming and uh, talking to us about the Lakers. All right, thanks, guys. Okay, I think that's about enough. Um, before we go, I want to first of all thank all of our live audience here who spent so many options on Friday night in Las Vegas and they decided to spend it with us. Thank you guys so much for coming out. I want to thank our producer, Jackson Agello, who stays up uh, to all hours as we go all over the country and all over the world and do this podcast you know, year round three times a week, and he does a lot of work. And so thank you to our producer, Jackson. And Dan Stanzik, who is his boss and also does production sometimes for us. Thank you to Andrew Hahn, who is our podcast boss. And thank you to Craig Karmazin, who is the boss at uh, Good Karma, who uh, works with ESPN Audio. Without this, without him tonight, none of this would be possible. So um, we are going to have a little Q&A afterwards here with some questions that got sent in, but we're going to say goodbye to our listening audience right now because who knows what's going to happen with this Q&A. Maybe we'll use it. Maybe we'll get a little it's sideways. It's going to get wild. Um, but before that happens, we have to say thank you for listening and viewing the Hoop Collective podcast. We'll talk to you soon.
Adios amigos to all those who are too cheap to buy a ticket. <laughs> I have a couple of questions that Jackson has sent me, curated from uh, curated the, the list. All right. The, what we're sent in on Twitter. Our wives are leaving. Sent in on X. The, they're, they're going to the podcast. Yeah, they're going to get to the bar. All right. Here are some. I don't know if any of this yeah, came so from sure you guys are. or from other people. All right. This. Uh, I don't know if this. Who this is for. If both Tim, I guess it's for me. If both Tims were hanging off a cliff, who would Wendy save? He would save neither of us. He would just leave and go do something else. Exactly. He'd have no time. He has no time for the plebs. I would be there. I would be there at the wrong time. <laughs> well, that is really the answer. The wrong time would be red, and he would, there's other he ESPN talent that I could have on. Oh, that's right. Hey, but are they always available? They are Definitely not. Definitely not they as available. Availability. That, that's that's right. They are not. That is true. Do you think this is the correct part of the season to hold the in-season tournament? Reddick, J.J. Reddick suggested between Christmas and All-Star instead. Which is actually interesting because the lo- the, you, know, you guys know why this final is tomorrow. Because it's the first Saturday without college football. Yes. There's Army-Navy is in the afternoon. It was strategically placed to be here. Um, the best time where there, is, where there is such a cry out for sport in America is the weekend in between the Super Bowl and the conference championship games, where there's that off week. If they really wanted to maximize the viewership, that's when they would have it. Yeah, except I think we have the Pro Bowl, so I don't think we're going to cross-promote against the that. The Pro Bowl can, doesn't go on for 12 hours. Well, you can do it's true. It, you, can, you can capture that heavy Pro Bowl audience and swing it right into so, the season. It's true. But I think this is the best time, because look, you've got the All-Star game as kind of that tentpole type of event for that part of the season. And I, when, when J.J. was talking, he was talking about it's kind of the dog days leading up to that. But you have that. So for them to kind of make this a major early season event and to add a little bit of juice early in the season, and I like from a marketing perspective, I like the NBA basically trying to claim Tuesdays and Fridays during football season. Seriously, no one like, listen, you're not getting Monday night during football season. That's football. Thursday, Saturday. Sunday, but if they can claim Tuesday and Friday, that's a huge win for the NBA. And like the courts, are some of them hideous? Yes, but it got people talking about the no NBA question. during football season. Yep, Wednesday got the attention. Night is night on ESPN. It got the attention they wanted, and it, it's going to stay at this point in the year because this whole thing is a marketing vehicle, and they wanted people talking about the NBA mm-hmm. in November in the first week of December, and they have accomplished that, and then so. If you could make one transaction for the Pacers to be legit contenders, what would it be? They tried Pascal Siakam this summer. How about yeah. a different Raptor? How about OG Ananobi? I mean, he would, would he, help. Would I mean, just defense. They just need more defense. They need, they need a big, you know, I will say this. The Pacers are going to have like 50 million, depending on what Bruce Brown does with his option. Maybe he'll pick it up. They're going to have like 50 or $60 million in cap space. Paul George mm. is a free agent. Would Paul George come home? Be, the I didn't think of that. That'd like be an incredible that. story. I don't I mean, think that's I mean, that's exactly the kind of thing they need, though. Like, they need, they need better wing depth. I mean, the fact that Aaron Neesmith is such a critical piece for them, he's revived his career, and he's, he's become a nice role player for them. He's in his third year. I mean, he revived his career. My well, God. when he got traded from Boston, he was seen as a, a basically an empty throw-in in the trade and, like, turned himself into a guy who got an extension and has, you know, carved out a real well, role with that team. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, okay. but if he's, if he's your best perimeter defender – that's, that shows your defense is one of the worst in the league. One of our listeners wants to know the origin story of Howdy Partners. You know Adam Himmelsbach from The Globe, our friend. 
Oh, Simmel's box question. You know it, and he. Oh, that's Himmel. No, yeah, Simmel's box, box question. Was, oh, I thought you said he. No, 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 no. It. it was Simmel's box question. There's really no story. I just started saying howdy, partners. He grew was, up in Texas. Yeah, was, like, that was. You know, people in Texas say howdy. These are partners. So it just seemed like something that made sense to me. Hey, listen, it's a, it's, it's a question. And the man's got a small vocabulary. Howdy and partners were in the vocabulary, and here we are. I got a bunch of four-letter vocabulary words. <laughs> <on the scene. laughs> I set you up for that. It was good. Who gets traded first, Zach Levine or DeMar DeRozan? I mean, did you say Caruso? Caruso. Well, well, Caruso is the most valuable. Of here's what I'll say. If the, if, the, if the Bulls put – yeah, he would be great for the Lakers. If the Bulls put – Caruso, Levine, and DeRozan on the open market at the same time, Caruso would definitely be traded first. But I think they're going to try to trade Zach first, but now he's out for a month, and and even when he comes back, there's just so little market for him that I honestly would probably say DeRozan. Yeah, DeRozan, because it's an expiring contract, so you're not making a long-term commitment, and he's not hurt. (laughs) So, like, duh, he's... There will be more teams asking about him. They have won four in a row, though, so I'm sure they'll say that everything's kumbaya and they'll just keep this crew together this is a and go for the 10th seed. McMahon's going to love. And our last question, and then we'll let you guys go out into the night. Wait, Stayed in a lot of hotels. What? They don't get to ask any questions? They, I don't know. They had to submit through this way. This is what our fearless leadership oh. decided was the best thing to do. Well, you, okay. All right. We'll answer questions after. You stayed in a lot of hotels in your life. Which one stands out as having the best thread count? No, this was for you, dude. You, I, listen, you know I don't know anything about a thread count. This one's for you. This one, you probably got some, like Abu Dhabi crap. The hotel in Abu Dhabi was spectacular. Yeah. <laughs> How'd your sleep go there? It was great. Yeah. Spectacular. Was, we did go. We haven't had a sleep pod. update in a while. And he was in Europe this week. We went a whole pod after. I was in the UK. Okay. Europe is I think not. It's the, the UK no, is Europe, isn't it? They very, very famously left Europe. They left the European Union. They didn't leave the continent. Uh, it's still talking on about the continent. It. It's not considered. They didn't it's pick actually, up the whole country and move it. It's, it's not actually, like an island in the ocean. It's actually not on the continent, and it is an island in the ocean. It is? Yes. Since when? <laughs> when did they make that? It is an island in the ocean. When the continents came apart? It's an island in the ocean, and it's part of Europe. My point is... The man flew in from Europe, and we haven't gotten a single windy sleep update. I'd like to apologize for that. How have you been sleeping? Well, last night, Bontem said we're going to dinner, and we left. We left the arena, which, if you know the the uh, this is geography. already a false story. Here's what actually happened. Everything that I'm going to say at is eight, a true statement. At 8:30, at, sh- no. Here's what happened. I'm going to cut you off. At 8:30, they haven't even heard Brian the story. Brian said to I know because you're already telling it wrong. At 8:30. Brian said to me, do you, have to, do you have to stick around? Our arbiter will be McMahon. And I just said, so you know, just, why, just, just so you sure. know, there's a third party here. I know. I know. At 8.30, Brian said to me while sitting in the green room, enjoying his snacks, the mediocre snacks, hey, do you have to stick around? And I said, yeah, I got to stick around and see what happens after the game. And I went and talked to McMahon. McMahon had to stick around and see what Zion Williamson had to say. He wrote a story about the Pelicans. So you came to me again and said, what's the deal? I said, I'm waiting for McMahon. We're going to go back and drop our bags off, and then we're going to meet our wives and have dinner. That was the plan. And then you got yeah. mad when we went back to the hotel and dropped our bags off, when that was the plan the whole time. God, this is why it, people it don't trust the not? It was a very mopey elevator ride. Sure this, was. This is why people don't trust the media, because of the story that you just told. Yeah, the very accurate story at every step of the way. I'm the arbiter. 
It we, was a mopey elevator ride. Just <laughs> there was a guy in the elevator who recognized me who was like, you having a good day? And I was like, yeah, just fine. Uh, it's a we, good actually, we actually saw the guy again today, and he, he, you know, Wendy had a little bit more pep in his step this time. All right. We left T-Mobile Arena, which is next to, directly next to what gigantic hotel complex? Uh, Park, R- Park MGM. Yes, but what is, the, what is directly across the street? What is the, the Aria? I believe oh, the it's Park, called the Aria. Park MG- MGM. Okay. I believe it's called the Aria. Yeah. Off we go to our hotel, which will not be named, across the strip, 20 minutes away by Vegas standards. We get to... Into we got back the to the hotel. hotel. What do we do? Where are we, we going? We dropped off our backs. Where are we going for dinner? We're going to the Aria. We want to drop off our bags. This was the, the plan. This was you the could have met. It was our a plan, and we would have met you after we. It was a plan for off. two hours. You were being antisocial. You said, "Hey, I got to hang out with people tomorrow night. I can't." Wendy has a rule of five, by the way. If we just want to peel the curtain back, that's true. On road trips, Wendy has a rule of five. If there's more than five people at a dinner, Wendy is out. Who created that rule? Take. Brian's favorite coach, Greg Popovich. And it's Stole a good it rule. Him. It's a good rule. <laughs> And I will just say, nobody in this room would have gone back out with you well, at 11.30 We, we at night. went out to dinner, and yeah. We Literally had, four people in this room yes. did. That's yes. the thing. Yes. So there was already six, and Wendy got the hell out. <laughs> That's right. I'm Helton, saying, was it dinner? Was my bad. Listen, the, five people went. I, guarantee I forgot you, the machine. I guarantee you, if they knew you drove, to, you went 45 minutes out of your way to drop off, drop off your bags that they would be on my side. Why are we doing air? They were, they were having a great time. We went and met them. They were, they were hanging out at, the, at Aria, having a great time. The machine went back to his hotel and dropped his bag off and came to dinner like a normal human being. What were you guys being? doing that you couldn't take your bags? What were you doing? Were you like, were you like we didn't walking want to across the mountains? We laptops and crap all over freaking Las Vegas. Yeah. Anyway, Unlike you, we are men of the people. This we like is to be not out with like the people. a controversial situation. It was, a, it was absolutely ridiculous. When he said we were going to dinner at Aria, I thought it was a joke. I thought so it was a practical joke. This dinner. is what he was like in the elevator yeah. on the way up. Just, as this I, is what I'm talking about. Yes. Again, as I said from the beginning, the plan was the same plan from 8.30 till we got if back that, to the hotel. You never said it was going to be at Aria. And if that was the plan, it was an awful plan. Well, All right. Okay. Thank you so much for okay. coming. Enjoy your night. Thank you for supporting our podcast. Everything. We really appreciate it. And have a great weekend. Adios, amigos.